Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Inevitably, we're all going to have to move towards driving either an electric car or a hybrid car. In the next three to five years, certainly if you've just bought a new diesel car or if you've just bought a new petrol car, but definitely if you've bought a new diesel car, the chances that you will probably never again be able to buy a brand new diesel because they're going to be phased out over the next number of years and petrol will follow them. And eventually we'll all have to drive either a hybrid or a fully electric because that's the way it's going. And at the moment, they're really expensive but maybe that is changing. Geraldine Herbert uh, from wheelswomen.ie. Geraldine, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. We've talked about this before, that they yeah. are pro- even the smallest little electric or hybrid was prohibitively expensive. Is it coming down in price? Yeah, the big thing with electric cars is they are more expensive. They're not, it's not so much that they're expensive, but they're expensive when you compare them to what you can buy for the same money in a petrol or, or diesel. Yes. And the big issue there is the battery, PJ. That's the, the big component, the, the, the additional component, really. Now, the cost of batteries is coming down. It's estimated that probably it'll be another two years before we'll see a really drastic reduction in, in the price of batteries. But by then, what we really should see is price parity with petrol and diesel. So you'll be able to walk into a dealership or you should be and you know the equivalent sized petrol and diesel car should cost more or less the same price as the electric car so when you factor in then how cheap it is to run an ev we'll actually it'll actually be cheaper to buy an ev rather than a petrol or diesel and that's what we're looking at heading towards say as i said in about two years time that it'll be cheaper yeah when you factor in the running costs because remember if you look at the total cost of ownership now, it's considerably cheaper to run an electric car on a weekly basis. It's considerably cheaper for motor tax and for servicing, but the upfront cost is higher. Yeah. So once that upfront cost comes down, and then when you look at total cost of ownership, it will be much cheaper. And this is what's happened in Norway because they've artificially created this parity through you know, heavily taxing petrol and diesel and very generously subsidising electric cars. Mm. So it is actually cheaper. And now in Oslo, up to 70% of new cars sold electric so Cranky. you can see what you know the difference that could make and the, the, the price of the battery we know and that, that will like you say eventually come down but th- there are fewer moving parts aren't there yeah. in an electric so uh, so th- if you open the bonnet of a standard petrol or diesel there's 101 things that can happen in there and that can go wrong 
so that's why servicing is so much cheaper because there's just as you said exactly that there's just fewer moving parts so they're the sort of things PJ when you look at the cost of an electric car it's not so much the purchase price and I know that is what most people see and it's the only thing they concentrate on but you really have to look at the lifetime cost of the car Mm. Another thing that people are half afraid of too is when they sit in one for the first time and it looks like being on a space shuttle and they don't know, There's no, God, where's my clutch gone? And what, you know, there's a fear factor there. There is completely, and I wasn't even aware of how bad that was, except a friend of mine was dropping her car in to get serviced recently, and she was given an electric car to take out. And she went off, started it no problem, because she was advised in the dealership as to how to do it, but got to a roundabout and stopped and didn't know what to do, and was completely and utterly bamboozled by the car. And I suppose I I take it for granted, jumping from one to the other. I don't kind of view it in terms of, you know, somebody stepping into it for the first time. But I think there is definitely a fear factor there, more than I had actually realised. But again, that just really really comes down to PJ taking a car and, you know, as I said, maybe when you're getting your car serviced the next time, actually taking an electric car if it's offered to you, out for even a spin and just getting to grips with that because they're not that much different but initially, as you say, it is that idea of where is everything that I would normally expect. Yeah, because a cousin of mine was driving um, a beautiful electric um, for just, uh, he he works in in the industry and he was driving a gorgeous electric and he pulled up next to me and he said, I must give you a burn in this thing and I said, I wouldn't have a clue where to start. I I wouldn't know. And I'm driving 30 years and I would not have a clue where to start. I think a lot of people, Geraldine, have that initial fear. Yeah, no, absolutely. But within five minutes, PJ, if you were properly shown what was what, you'd get used to it so quickly. And if you're moving from an automatic car into an EV, it's even easier because, it, you know, the transition is even smoother. I suppose the initial thing is when you press the start button, there's no noise. So you have nothing to tell you that the car is actually starting. Yeah. And some of the newer electric cars as well, when you get into them, you don't even have to press the start button. They're actually just, they switch on. Once you release the handbrake, you're off. So there's a few things like that. But, you know, somebody to sit down with you and just run through a few things with you, you'd be surprised. Surprise, PJ, you'd be yeah. on the road and you would be absolutely fine. They are not in any way alien. They are very, very familiar once you get used to them. I suppose it's a bit like when you go on holidays and you, you, you hire a car where everything's on the other side. It takes about 20 minutes and then you're grand. It's exactly that, PJ, exactly. And as I said, if you already drive an automatic car, it's even easier. Which I've never done, but anyway. Yes, that was another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, now... In terms of hybrids versus electrics, maybe explore this for a minute because it's a, it's a, there are so many different terms out there now, like with a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, mild hybrid. Like, what are all these things? Okay, basically what you need to know is the difference between a hybrid and a plug-in hybrid. So a hybrid car you drive, whether it's a mild hybrid or a hybrid, you drive it exactly like you would a petrol and diesel car. You don't have to charge it. You don't have to do anything to it. And basically it has an electric motor that assists assists the driving. So the idea of those are really to reduce emissions and to increase fuel efficiency. So they're far more economical than your standard petrol car. Now, a plug-in electric is, our plug-in hybrid is actually classed as an electric car because it has an electric battery that you can actually plug in. So it is, it does what it says. Mm. Plug it in and you can well, charge it. There's so, a question. Why would you need, if it has the engine and the engine charges the car as you drive and as you brake and all of that, like, why do you need to plug it in? Okay, because in a hybrid car, you will, it is more efficient than a petrol car, but it's not that more efficient. You'll only get a bit more efficiency and you'll get a, a, a slight reduction in CO2 emissions. With a plug-in hybrid, you can get far better economy for the simple reason that if you have that electric battery 
and you might get, the average is about 60 kilometres of pure electric range in it. Now, the ideal way to do this, PJ, is if you have a commute that's, you know, kind of an urban commute, you don't do much motorway driving, and it falls within that 60 kilometres, you could actually find yourself on a daily basis travelling to and from work purely on electric. Mm. And you might find, I know people who have plug in hybrids and they might fill the, the, the car once every six weeks. So you just have the reassurance of that petrol engine for when you go down the country or when you go on a motorway mm. or when you need it. But you could be doing all of your commuting purely on electric. And is it uh, a thing? You'd never be able to do that in a hybrid because it just doesn't have the capacity. I was, yeah. Is, is, is it a thing that, like, that the, when the battery is running down in the electric, does the petrol automatically kick in? Yeah. So you'll never be stranded with a plug-in hybrid. And that's what people like. Well, how would you be stranded with... Sorry, no. With with a non-plug-in hybrid then, surely the same thing happens, doesn't it? With a a regular hybrid. With a regular hybrid, once you fuel in your tank, you're fine. Right. So this is what people like. So it really depends on on how far you want to do this. As I said, a hybrid car, a regular hybrid, whether it's a mild or a regular hybrid, you don't have to do anything. You can drive them exactly as you would a petrol and diesel, and you just benefit from the better efficiency. With a plug-in hybrid, though, if you have the right sort of commute, and as I said, that's that kind of, you know, if you can do everything within that 50 to 60 on a daily basis, you will really, you will you very rarely ever have to dip into the petrol, um, the petrol engine. So from that point of view, they're far more economic. I suppose some people see it as, a, as kind of the downside is that you have to fuel it and you have to plug it in, yeah. but other people see it that you have the benefit of both worlds. You're dipping your toe in sort of the electric world, but yeah. you still have the reassurance of a petrol engine. Now, in terms of grants and what the government offers to help us transfer over, I know that the plug-in hybrid, for example, attracts a different price range than the hybrid. Yeah, the plug-in hybrids are more expensive because you have that electric battery. The other thing I would say, um, PJ, is you, if you buy a plug-in hybrid, you have to be prepared to charge it on a daily basis. Because it only has a 50 or 60 kilometre range, it's not huge and it'll evaporate in, you know, daily. So you have to... The, the other thing about it is it's not that economical in terms of a petrol engine because it's heavier, because you're carrying around that battery. So to benefit and to really get the benefit of a plug-in hybrid, as I said, you have to have a commute that suits it and you have to be prepared to plug it in yeah. daily. So, so you have to put a yoke on the wall of the house. Yeah. So then again, the consideration is, do I have a suitable spot for a home charger? Do I have a driveway that suits a home charger? So you have to ask yourself those questions, same as if you were buying an electric car. It really is essential, PJ, that you have access to a home mm. charger. And those things, they're a big box. Like, you, you, you're, not, you're not running an extension lead out the window from the bedroom here. This is no, a no, specialist. No. Right? Yeah. no, you need the space. And again, there is a grant of €600, Euros, but it could cost you up to 1400 depending on how complicated it is to put it in in your house so it very much depends on your own setup but it really is essential not only for just the reassurance of being able to charge at home but it's just far cheaper PJ to charge at home than it is on the public network so I would say do not even consider an electric car or a plug-in hybrid unless you have a home charger. Yeah, yeah. Are the government helping us enough? They they want they said didn't they? The previous government said they wanted us to be driving all electric by twenty thirty. The motoring industry insists or was insisting at the time that you couldn't do it. Has that changed? Can you do it or could we do it? Well, the idea was that you wouldn't be able to buy anything but but an electric car by 2030. So, I mean, you'll still be able to buy your petrol and diesel right up to then. And remember, PJ, cars last a very long time. And, you know, the average age of an Irish car at the moment, is, I think, is about nine and a half years. So we're still going to see 
those cars on the road after 2030. You just won't be able to buy new ones. But I do think in the last 12 months, there's been a, a, a distinct change in the motor industry in terms of Europe. And we're definitely seeing a far greater acceleration of electric models. So it's becoming far more a realistic proposition than it was. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, literally a year ago, I would have said, mm, we may see a lot of electric car choices in the next kind of four to five years. Now we're looking at them in the next two to three years. There yeah. really is a, a, a considerable change and a, a very, very swift change towards electric. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you know what I thought was interesting? Someone brought this up on the phone. Like, the NCT, if you have an electric that is due for NCT... There's no emissions to worry about here. No. So that's the one that we all worry about with the, with the NCT. The car is grand. The car is driving fine. But Jesus, look at the emissions gone down again. Oh, for goodness sake. You're back to the mechanic for all this. That's gone. Well, there again, you see, that's your running cost, so you don't have to worry about that. So again, they, they're the sort of things you need to factor in when you're looking at the, you know, the total kind of lifespan of the car. Yeah, and the NCT is still the same price, even though they're not testing the emissions. Yes, I know. Is there any, any hope that might change? I don't think so. It hasn't, it's not something I've heard. And as I said, like the NCT itself will still be doing NCTs for your regular petrol and diesel for a long time, yes? Yeah, yeah. because you think if you're... I mean, and we all know the, the, in the emissions is a big part of the NCT. So is there even going to be an emissions-free lane um, for yeah, putting I mean, electrics through? I imagine they will have to consider these sort of things. As, you know, I mean, there's still, I suppose, not enough electric cars on the road yeah. to really be considering those. But another few years, you'd be surprised. Yeah. And there's the thing. How long does it actually last? Because I remember a friend of mine or a, yeah, drove, he drove an electric, which was a 2015 model. And I met him last year and he was thinking of getting rid of it because the range had started to collapse. Like, does the battery hold its range? Well, speaking 
these people who have electric cars and are maybe are on their second and third, and they, there are a few of those people around, they say there, there is a, a change in, the, in terms of what you can get and there is a slight reduction, but it's not huge and it's not massively significant. And you can actually, if you're buying a second-hand electric car, you can have it checked in a garage to find out what the, um, the efficiency of the battery right. is. So you can figure, you know, you can find out if it's running at 80% or 90% or whatever. So I wouldn't be worried about that. The other thing as well, if you consider something like the Nissan Leaf, the Nissan Leaf has been around for 10 years. There hasn't been any major problems with it. Yes. So, you know, that's reassuring. And also, Lexus have a new electric car um, they, that just went on sale in January, and they're actually guaranteeing the battery for 10 years. Yeah. So all of these things should really reassure people that, you know, it's okay, the batteries are not going to just disintegrate over a few years. So I, there isn't a concern with them. I was watching an ad the other night for, I think, a Volkswagen, I think, uh, electric, and it would put a range on the screen. And I thought to myself, if I remember what they said to me in the industry, that that's, okay, that's, we'll say, 400 kilometres. Unless you're using the lights, unless you're playing the radio, unless you're using the heating, every other element of the car draws off the battery. Has that solved been problem been solved? It has. When I first started driving electric cars, it was like that. And you could do a 10-kilometer uh, journey. And if it was in the winter and you had all of those things on, you might lose 40 kilometers of range. And that was really worrying. And, it, you know, it, it, that's where the whole term of range anxiety came from. But now the range is becoming really, really accurate. And I, it's something I check all the time when I have electric cars is actually how much distance I've covered and what the impact on the, the range has been. And it more or less matches it completely now. Oh, so that's something, again... People really need to test drive electric cars over a weekend. There's no point, PJ, going into your garage and taking it for 20 minutes because mm. you really need to get to grips with these things. And the only way you kind of get through that psychological barrier about range is if you actually witness it. You take it on various different roads and you mm. watch the impact of your driving on the range. Because the other thing that people don't understand about range is you can actually get far more out of the range than the range displayed as well. So you can extend it by your driving. Okay. So. It isn't a situation where you're going to get on a motorway and you have 200 kilometres range and literally you pass, you know, the first exit and you're suddenly down to 50 and then you have nothing. You get plenty of warning. As I said, it is very reliable. And if you do get stuck, you can... I had a situation... I had a problem with the car, I couldn't charge it and I had to get it back to Dublin and I'm 50 kilometres from where I was going and I managed to do the journey on 15 kilometres of range. Now, I wasn't tearing down any roads or anything, yeah. I was taking it very easy. Very handy. But you can do that if you get stuck. It is possible to extend the range. So these are the kind of things you only get to grips with by driving. You get used to it. A bit, like, a bit like, I suppose, when the, the petrol light or the diesel light goes on in your car. If you know your car, you know exactly how long you've got left. Yeah, absolutely. it's exactly the same. You know how to extend that. And in some ways, though, EVs are even better than that. Really? You can grow it a lot more. So I think... Do they give the you a warning? It's very hard to explain to somebody. You really need to experience it. Yeah. Do they give you a warning? I need charging. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'll see the, you know, you'll see the range come down. And most of them as well, obviously, the new cars have sat nav. And they'll actually start to flash up where your nearest charging points are. Yeah. Now, there's so, a thing. Tom has been on to say... And I wanted to ask you this anyway. If I'm going to Dublin in a few years' time in an electric car, where will all the charging points be? I think a better way of putting Tom's question is, on a cold, dirty, dull December day when you need the heating and you need the wipers and you need all of that, does the electric car exist as we speak, Geraldine, that will go from Cork to Dublin safely on a single charge? Well, how far, what distance is that? Centre of Dublin City to centre of Cork. 
would be how many kilometres? 270 kilometres, I guess. 270. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, and nearly every electric, new electric car that's sold at the moment does at least 300. Now, remember, the other thing as well is they're putting charging points in all over the place, and mm. fueling stations. The ESB are investing 20 million in the public charging network, and there's a range of different types of chargers, but there's high-powered chargers going in as well, and they will do 100 kilometres. They'll give you 100 kilometres in range in six minutes. Wow, and that doesn't yeah. damage the battery. No, absolutely not at all. Wow. I mean, fast chargers will do about 80% in 30 minutes. But, uh, like, six minutes is, is less time it'll take than to run in and buy oh. a newspaper and a cup of coffee in a few uh, exactly. years. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. these are the kind of things, that, and there'll be more of those in a few years' time. Plus, ra- the range in electric cars is getting better. You know, 450, 500 is, is not okay. unusual anymore in a brand new car. So... Everything is, is, you know, it is getting much, much better. So it will be very easy to, you know, to do those sort of journeys and return in the day. So, you know. Amazingly, um, this one comes in. Supposing the electric went on strike, what would happen then? Would we be able to charge our cars? Yeah, if there was a power cut. Um, again, but I mean, again, the thing about it is if you consider the average mileage um, by most motors, I think according to the last um, CSO travel survey, was about 318 kilometres a week. And that's seven days a week. That's your, you know, your Monday to Friday and your weekend pursuits or whatever. So if you have a car with 300 or 400 kilometres in range, if you don't charge it one, you're not going to be charging it every night anyway. So if you miss a night or there's a power cut or whatever, you'll still be OK. So, you know, you have to factor that in as well. Most people don't do a huge amount of driving on a daily basis. Yes. We tend to sit in traffic and think that we do more, cover you know a greater distance than we do, but we don't actually. Yeah, yeah. Like um, you, you wonder, and again, it's a question that doesn't arise. If everyone was to plug in their car to charge it in Cork tonight, you couldn't boil the kettle. But sure, no one's ever going to do that at the same time. Exactly. That's yeah. So, I mean, these are they're, they're not, that's the kind of thing you have to consider is how much driving do I do? What's the range of my car? When will I be charging? You know, so, I mean, that's not going to happen. My last one is, and I maybe, maybe we touched upon it before, but I think people are very interested in, in, in the Bob, the book, in, in their pocket. Like, if I decided tomorrow I want to change to electric next time out, in other words, changing my car June, July, I want to go to electric. What's available for me in terms of a grant, an allowance, a return? Okay, this used to be quite a straightforward um, answer, but it's got slightly more complicated. Okay, so there's a €5,000 SEAI grant and a 5000 VRT relief. Now, this was 10000 in total, and it used to be offered on all electric cars. Since the last budget, it's not. Um, it's only offered on cars that are 40000 um before grants, and it goes from 40 to 50, then it's tapered off. And by the time you buy a car that's worth over 50000 there's no VRT relief. Now, however, what the, um, what the government did do is they changed the lowest VRT band from 14% to 7%, so they reckon that balances it. But... Um, so they've, they've changed the VRT relief, but essentially it means for the customer, when you go into a dealership, the grants are all accounted for with the price that you see. So the price that you're given in a dealership or the price you see in the papers or in car reviews is the on-the-road price. Okay, so, so the car is on display and it has a price on, on, on the window and that is That's after all those things are taken into account? 
Yes, so you don't have to worry about those and the dealer claims all those grants or whatever. So really you just have to pay what I call the on-the-road price, which is the price in the dealership. So those grants really are they're irrelevant in the sense that it's not like you think to yourself, oh, how much can I take off that price? That's not how it works. It reduces the purchase price. Exactly. I see, I see. And then in terms of the charging point at home, like you said, that can, the average, if you have a little small driveway, say, the average house has a driveway, holds one car, and you have the side wall of the house, like how much to put that in and what grant do you get? Okay, there's a grant of 600 euros. As I said, it can cost anywhere from about 1,000 to maybe 1,400, depending on your own setup. So you may have to pay three, 400 euros towards that. But, I mean, it is well worth doing, PJ, because, you. I mean, it costs so little to actually charge an electric car at home. Like you'll yeah. do on most sort of average size cars, say a Nissan Leaf, you'll do probably 300 kilometres for about four euros. Really? Yeah. Crikey. So it is well worth the 400 or whatever to get the home charger in. Just charge it at home. Um, and then you don't even have to worry about the public network or the, you know, the infrastructure around the country. Because as I said, you have 300 kilometres there for the week or whatever, and it's cost you €4. Euros. You'll, you'll make back the money you spent on the charger quick, yeah, quick enough. But it's worth it just for the both for the reduced cost in, in charging and just for that reassurance of having your own home charger. So it, it is it is the way we are going, I guess, uh, Geraldine. Thank you very much for that. I think on Earth Day we just wanted to mark it with a good conversation on, on electric cars and where we might be going. Thanks very much, Geraldine Herbert, wheelswomen.ie. Courts ninety six FM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.